Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome back to another edition of Locked on Seminoles. I'm your host, Drake. Today, I'm joined by Mr. Max Moody himself down below me and Dave to my right that way. Dave, Max, tell folks what we're talking about today. Well, today we're going to do a depth chart breakdown. We're going to talk about the running backs first. And then we're going to talk about the defensive backs, Max. That was almost perfect. Yeah, we're going to talk running backs, defensive backs, show you what we think the depth chart looks like headed into the spring. And uh, you guys let us know in the comments how you feel about it. And as always, folks, thank you guys so much for making Lock and Samuels your first listen each and every single day. And with that being said, let's move forward with the show. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, folks, before we dive into this, I just want to be very clear here. Make sure to get five-star review either on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast from. And as always, we are now on YouTube. Don't forget to like this video, hit the subscribe banner up at the top, and Ding the little bell so we can get notifications whenever our newer video drops. But before we get into this, Max, Dave, how are we feeling today, guys? Feeling good. Um, when it's the three of us, I'm used to Max hosting. So, Drake, when I heard your voice, I was still expecting you to say, I'm Max. Like, I'm Ron Burgundy. I'm Ron Burgundy? He will read anything that. you put on the right. teleprompter. Well, guys, we've got Drake hosting today because I'm going to drive the depth chart spreadsheet. Y'all know I love a good spreadsheet. And without further ado, I will give it to the people right here. We're going to talk offensive backfield and defensive backfield. If you're not on YouTube, don't worry. You're not, well, you are missing out. You don't get to see our beautiful faces, but you'll still be able to hear the discussion. And we appreciate the support on the pod. But again, make sure you're hitting YouTube. So guys, you see what I've set up here. I've got our boundary to this side. I've got the Florida State end zone back there. Ignore the fact that we're in nickel coverage in what looks like the red zone. That was just to kind of, you know, give people some context. So, uh, yeah, y'all y'all lead. I'll follow. I'm just getting names down over here. Uh, no worries. Let's start off with the running back room because that's something that we've seen a lot of turnover when it comes to running backs because we did lose Jay Sean Corbin, who was our RB1, and apparently just got invited to the NFL Combine. Best of luck to him. I bet you he's probably going to be a middle, fourth, maybe fifth-round pick. And, you know, we talked a lot about Trayshawn Ward in the past few weeks. So let's start there. Uh, Dave, I'm going to go with you first. How do you see the running back room shaping out, I guess, when the spring game starts? Well, um, I'm a little concerned about the running back room just because, at least with Corbin, we knew we had this blue chipper who, in albeit limited tape at Texas A&M, had played in a big program, had still made some big plays. I know Trayshawn Ward did last year. I will say, however, though, I am still excited about him returning, but... He had the benefit of Jay Sean Corbin, I think, making his life a little easier last year. I I hope he's able to look the same this year as he did last year. I mean, he had an opportunity in the offseason to get bigger, stronger, faster. That can only help him. But it's a different room. Uh, DJ Williams, I thought I was going to see a lot of before the season last season. Saw absolutely nothing of him. Um, Lawrence Toafili, we still saw in fairly limited action. I, I don't personally have any idea what I expect this room to look like even after spring ball let alone as the season starts so then what do you see who do you see as RB1 and RB2 actually I'm gonna get this to Max then 
Max, then yeah. after hearing what Dave just said, how do you see us running back one, two, and three kind of filling out, and then the tailback position as well? Because we know Mike Norvell likes to utilize both in his offense. Yeah, so I look at it this way, right? Treshawn Ward is the number 50-ranked running back or halfback in pro football focus. He's improved immensely over the years, right? In 2019, he graded out as 66.1. He was a walk-on. 2020, graded out as 75.2. This year, 51st among 489 running backs. Treshawn Ward, again, 51st against 489 eligible running backs this year. That's a pretty solid back to be coming back. But Dave, I take your point. Um, you know, I think some of that success was probably because of Jay Sean Corbin, and he doesn't have a Jay Sean Corbin, but he's still getting penciled in at my uh my number one spot over here, simply because I, yeah. I don't see when I say an every down back, I don't necessarily mean he's going to, you know, be successful on every down. There he has his deficiencies, but as far as a, a running back that can do what will be asked of you on every down from running up the middle on first down, running to the outside, pass blocking on third down, coming out of the backfield, catching the ball downfield and catching screens. He's kind of, I mean, not kind of, he is your most complete back, but I really want to touch on DJ Williams because I said this before and I, I don't think DJ Williams not seeing the field that much this past year was was necessarily like a discreditation of his abilities. I think you just had, again, two running backs in the top 50 running backs, according to Pro Football Focus. I don't know if y'all watched Twitter over the weekend and saw Jay Sean Corbin literally carrying five dudes into the end zone, getting invited to the NFL Combine. And then you had your scat backs, right? You had your Lawrence Toffili and you had your Ja'Kai Douglas to come out of the backfield. It's like, where did DJ really fit in there? I just don't think there was anywhere for him to pop up for air. But when you don't have Jay Sean Corbin as your big muscular back, I think you're probably going to see DJ Williams at this number two spot behind Trey Sean. That's where I'm going to push back a little bit on that. I'm also a big fan of DJ Williams since, since his days at Auburn. I'm actually going to put a name on there that's actually not on the list right now. I think Trey Benson, the, Benson. the Oregon transfer we just got, is actually going to be, yeah, oh, totally going to be the running back too. I mean, by the way, they basically just honed in on him like when he entered the transfer portal, and then you kind of don't hear that much about DJ in practice or anything like that. And you hear about Trey Benson's probably one of the faster kids on the team. I mean, that's one thing that definitely I'm going to see. We, we had the Thunder and Lightning combo last year with Jay Sean Corbin and Trey Sean Ward. Now you kind of want the other th the Thunder and Lightning as well to kind of repeat itself as Lightning strikes twice. So to me, I think Trey Benson, just by seeing how much they wanted him in there, is basically going to be RB2. And then with the tailbacks, I see Ja'Kai Douglas kind of like having a firmer stranglehold on that because if Lawrence Tofili doesn't gain the weight, like the good weight that we want him to gain to be durable and a big size for the entire season, I just don't see him to the uh, tailback one spot. And then we're seeing this room now. It's kind of not being clustered, but it's there's going to be a lot of people that have been there for a few years saying, hey, where are my carries? I wouldn't be surprised if we see some more turnover after the tour duty ends or maybe even after the spring game too. We'll probably see more at the spring game as well. We're both going to have some gadgets to play with, right? I mean, Corey Run might be the fastest guy on the team from what I hear. You didn't see any of him. Um, Ja'Kai yeah, Douglas. But there's a I mean, yeah, the but there's a reason we're not seeing Yeah, I know, Corey I know. Run. I don't think that's going to change. The, you got the king of the wheel route in Ja'Kai Douglas. Lawrence Toafili, you know, again, he could be taken away by the wind or he could be fast as the wind. And then Rodney Hill's coming in, and he's another guy that just kind of fits the mold of that room. So if we could go three deep at the tailback position, 
you could have some fun playing with gadgets. Yeah, so I want to hop over here real quick to Trey Benson. I Drake, I hope you're right. We just don't know enough about him, right? Like, the last thing we've seen on him is two-and-a-half-year-old high school tape. I, I don't know. Maybe he's good. Maybe he's solid. Um, he's a big guy, but he got hurt at Oregon, and we've seen with running backs, sometimes it takes a couple years to come back from an injury. Like, you know, J- uh, Ja'Kai Douglas, I apologize. Um, Jay Sean Corbin was a totally different back year, year two after the injury this year versus the year before. I don't know, yeah. like, I don't know with Trey Benson. I'm not a medical doctor. Like they, you know, it's not like they release MRIs of their knees and stuff and let us look at it. So it's going to be interesting to see where he comes, but I, yeah, I think he's probably a good little wild card. Um, to me, Ja'Kai Douglas is definitely that, that number. I don't even want to say number two spot. I, I don't, I, I think Ja'Kai Douglas, you hit it on the head. Uh, Dave is probably a gadget player. I don't, I just don't, He's got great hand to space. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I, I don't really see him right. getting any handoffs. You know, I think I kind of think of him honestly more as like a slot receiver or kind of like a squat back. Yeah. You know, they like to put him here and uh, motion him around and and do all that stuff. But um, it's just weird though. Guys, it's just weird though for every other play. It's a wheel route, and they always go for TDs. I'm like, why don't I do this more often with him? He's just so nasty in space with the ball like that. Well, because you know the, that's a good question. I think in in. It, it's like you're a victim of your own success. I think it's because he's in there so infrequently that his number doesn't necessarily get accounted for. But after he burns you for 85 yards for a touchdown, then like you're going to start accounting for him. So um, yeah, Ja'Kai is, and I've definitely spelled his name wrong here, but Ja'Kai is definitely a guy that I think, you know, you should expect to see two or three times a game, do something explosive. I hope though that this year, they find a way to use his speed in his hands on a more down-to-down basis because, you know, I think he is a guy that probably should touch the ball more than four times, you know, three times a game, whatever he was touching it. I can agree with that. Uh, Dave, you got any final thoughts in the running back room before we go over to DBs? Uh, we're not going to have seen a running, a running back room without the kind of star power we saw last year. This is going to be a very different running back situation that we've seen in a long time at Florida State. Before we forget, folks, I'd be, we would be remiss here at Locked and Seminoles not talking about friends over at betonline.net. Yes, it's betonline.net after betonline.ag. They remain the best spot, spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news season, whether it be NHL, pro and college hoops, boxing. UFC 272 is just around the corner with Israel Adesanya and Robert Whitaker. But, folks, don't wait to take advantage of these amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15%. That's 1-5% bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. And as always, Dave will be taking the Los Angeles Rams against the Bengals. So you know what that means. It's hashtag Fade Dave. Take fade the Bengals mm-hmm. at plus yep. four. So now that Dave is connected back with the Wi-Fi issues, we're now going to move on, moving on to the DB. Since, Max, I had Dave do the DBs first, I kind of want to start off with you since you kind of have a little more of a better understanding of the, the scheme-wise for defensive backs. I want to ask you, who do you see, I guess, moving forward being the starting corners for this team? I think the safeties, we kind of know it's going to be Jamie Robinson and either a combination of Akeem Dent or maybe Renardo Green if he is healthy. So I kind of want to get your thoughts on who's going to be your CB1, CB2, and, and then go back slot. Yeah, I mean, look, I think there are uh, there are a couple ways that you could go with this, and I'm going to answer it with y'all's favorite law school answer, and that is... Oh, don't say it depends. No, 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 no. I want that. a definitive numbers, answer from names. We need names, sir. Uh, names. Cell phone all numbers. Right, Social. All right. All right. Um, yeah, so for me, I think that you're you're going to go with... I don't know what 
I don't know. They, again, it just it depends. It's hard to do like a cornerback one because that's just not how this defense seems Throw to operate. Throw me the operate. ball, Drake. Throw I'm just saying you have it. Well, no, but this is an important point. It's like when you watch this, when you watch this defensive backfield, you have one of the deepest backfields in the conference, and it doesn't really make sense, in my opinion, to be like, all right, this is our number one guy because you've got like a Marion Cooper, right? Who is a young guy, really came alive towards the end of the year, and you're probably going to want him covering people, but then you got like. Sidney Williams, who's playing safety for the most part, but if you get into a red zone situation, do you bring him down to corner because he's a thumper? And if someone tries to run on the outside, he'll literally throw a receiver off of him and kill that guy as he goes for the pylon. Probably. Um, I look, I'll put it this way. I think, I think Akeem Dent, probably your best in one-on-one coverage. I think Travis J has your most potential, but for reasons we're not going to get into, I don't think he's ever going to play meaningful snaps for you. It's just, he, he hasn't gotten himself there, and I have no reason to think he's going to do it. Um, Jarvis Brownlee, I think he's too short to play safety, Drake. To your point, you kind of have to put him at cornerback at this point because it's 2021 or 22, whatever it is, and, like, you're not cutting it at safety at five foot eleven. Like, he's got to probably come in as your nickelback on the inside. Um, although with his speed, I'd be really concerned about him having to yep. flex out to, the, out to the field side. My point. You know, he might be a guy that frankly only comes in in reserve duty, but you, you got Jarian Jones too. I mean, you, look, you got Jarquez McClellan, forgot about him. You have a lot of really young, well, Jarquez isn't young, but you got a lot of really young guys who have flashed really well, but I don't know, and Dave, maybe this is when you ask for the ball, who you have someone to name. I don't know if anyone's shown me consistently that they're like the Jalen Ramsey that I want covering oh. the number one receiver of the other team down in and down out. So, yeah, I don't know. So, Max, that was a very thoughtful and reasonable answer. Now, Dave, I'm throwing the ball to you because I want a the complete opposite of what Max just gave us. Yes. Well, I'm going to start by saying this. We have, like, a weird dynamic going on where it's, like, you have names that were high-level recruits, like a Demory Tate, like Travis J. Those guys should have breezed their way through as starters and right into the draft, just like the chosen ones at DBU at Florida State. That hasn't happened, and now it's to the point where we're not even sure those guys are going to be playing minutes. The guys who are going to be playing minutes are Jarvis Brownlee. Jarvis Brownlee will be starting as a cornerback on this team. Drake and I, I agree with you. I think he should probably be playing safety. He is in the mold of the Colts' old safety, Bob Sanders. That guy hits at 120 miles an hour, and I love to see it. He tries his hardest on every play at corner, but he gets beat. It happens. Yeah. Um, but he's going to start. He is one of your best corners, I think. Uh, I think Max mentioned another name. I expect Omarion Cooper to probably start at the other spot on the other side of the field. Um, it's funny because Kevin Knowles, I would have said, was like a lock to start at the third corner position in the nickel uh, covering the slot. I Didn't he get a little worse? Like he started off really hot. And then he got a little worse the last couple of games of the season. He had a middle stretch in the middle between the games where he started off really hot. He performed poorly, but closed the season out actually very, very well. I think he also had like an injury around the same time, too, struggling. Right. So, I mean, those are probably your three. But behind that, like, you have Greedy Vance coming in that I expect to see some minutes. Um, I forgot about Greedy Vance. Yeah. I mean, I, I got to think the coaches liked him if they took a guy at a position that they had no reason to take in the transfer portal, which to your point earlier, Max, they had to have taken Trey Benson for a reason too. Like you don't waste a spot at those two spots when you need so much else. You don't really like those guys. So I expect Rudy Vance to play, especially if we one of them goes down to an injury. 
Yeah, and yeah. we have about like 16 kids on scholarship to be defensive backs. So to yeah. me, this is a basically a loaded room. And we didn't even mention Brandon Gant. We didn't even mention a, a, a Jerry and Jones. We didn't even mention Demory Tate, who was the last true five-star consensus-wise that we got. Oh, I mentioned it. Anyways. But before we know we get into the safety talk, because that's basically something that we want to discuss with Akeem Dent, maybe a Jamie Robinson, who we even discussed yet, or even a Renato Green, or Demory Tate. Folks, let me be talking about our friends over at Rock Auto. Max, you've used Rock Auto before, right? I have, man. I'm actually, you know, I'm pretty handy with a car and my old Jeep used to break down all the time and I've, I've used them for everything from alternators to fuses to like, I mean, that's pretty much the gambit of it, right? And then I think I got a serpentine belt from there once too. And isn't the beautiful thing with rockauto.com is that not only is it a family run business, but it's like 30, 50, or maybe even sometimes 80% cheaper than if you go to name brand stores. Well, it's cheaper, but the thing with Rock Auto, seriously, that I, I enjoyed about it is like, you can get parts for about the same price on Amazon, but with Amazon, they don't catalog the car parts that well. So like Rock Auto has, if you guys work on cars, a really good hybrid of they catalog it like the parts stores you go to, right? Where it's very easy to know exactly which part you need for your make and model gear, any special edition you may have. And you're basically going to get like the Amazon price too. So you're not really, you know, again, if you order online, you typically have to give up that, that customization. I'll tell you what, nothing sucks more than like, ordering something stupid like a fuse and it shows up and it doesn't fit your model and you're like are you kidding me i gotta wait three more days like to to fix my headlights um and then you end up just driving to the store and spending extra money you don't want to spend and it's it's a pain so yeah man i'm a full endorser of rockauto.com i mean he's a full endorser then why wouldn't you be with their maiden selection and their reliably low prices and folks when you hover over to rockauto.com right now right locked on in their how did you hear about section so they know that we sent you all the car parts you'll ever need at rockauto.com and hey if it's good enough for max if it's good enough for my uncle down in delray beach florida shout out to francisco over at mechanic shop trust me it's good enough for you all right now that we got the defensive back talk done sorry the cornerbacks talk done let's go over to the safeties where it feels a little more set in stone what we have with jamie robinson akeem dent but there's also players that we still haven't seen i guess take that next step forward and i think demory tate is like kind of a name that we stopped we stopped on that's gonna be a big one that we take on so I kind of want to see kind of open floor. Whoever wants to start with this one first, uh, go right ahead. Yeah, I mean, with with Demory Tate, you know, you have a bit of a weird case where you have a kid who was a five star athlete consensus. I think he was what the number like three or four, maybe fifth ranked cornerback nationally. Number five corner. Number five Top corner overall. Great. He was also a great track athlete. He's six one, one ninety five, so he's yeah. big. So you have size, you have speed, you have the ratings, and then twenty twenty he red shirts, which was super bizarre in my opinion because like it was a free year. So to me, you know, you don't you don't typically expect five stars to stay for four years, much less five. So that already was kind of a hint of like, okay, something's off here because why would you a you almost never redshirt five stars, but why like. I mean, James got redshirt, I guess, and, you know, it happens. But, like, why would you redshirt one at this position when he's getting a free year? So there's you're not you're not losing eligibility this year. Do you really expect him to stick around for whatever would be five or six years? I mean, that was that was odd. And then last year, we literally only saw him in the UMass game. We just didn't see him. And, you know, Norvell doesn't disclose injuries. He doesn't go into detail. So um, I don't know if, like, that played a part in it. I really don't. Um, no one I talked to really knew much about it. It just is kind of one of those things where, like, I I wish I had a better answer, but you just haven't seen him on the field. 
So for the first year, apparently it was academic related. Similar to how okay. Travis J couldn't play for the beginning of the year. I think it was clearinghouse kind of flagged a class that he took. So basically he wasn't able to play until maybe the, that's, I think the last that's month. Right. That's and right. then last year after the spring game, he was in a boot in a scooter and he was not fully healthy up until maybe October. So that's kind of probably why we haven't seen, I guess, much of the more actually probably for most of the year. But you also hear how in practice he's, he's not separating himself either now, which is kind of a little more concerning because like Dave said, he's the last true five-star that we've gotten. And also he is your, is your probably your pro typical like NFL DB size. I mean, six foot one, yeah. almost 200 pounds. That's what you want on the outside, especially when we have Jarvis Brownlee at five ten, who's in the quickest guy ever. You have greedy Vance back and everybody else up. Kevin Knowles, which I love to death. He's a little smaller. So it's kind of, it is concerning how we're having been able to, I guess, develop him because he was a little more raw than most prospects, but he, that's, because the ceiling with him is astronomically high. I will say this, though. There's three of those guys this year. It's not just Amore Tate. It's Akeem Dent, and it's Travis J, too. Those were three highly rated players. It's funny if you go over to, to our friends at 247 and read the high school scouting report on Demore Tate. Projection. First round. Very last sentence of his high school scouting report. Potential to be an impact contributor early in his college career with upside of developing into an all-league player and early-round NFL draft talent. You don't see a kid who gives you that feel who shouldn't be able to break the depth chart at Florida State. So to Max's point, if this year it doesn't happen, barring injury or some other crazy setback, and, and it doesn't happen for him and it doesn't happen for Akeem Den, it doesn't happen for Travis J. I I I can I have, nothing, I have nothing to tell you. Those are three kids that should be good. Very rarely do you have five people in the same position in a five-star. So like it kind of makes you wonder like, all right, was that – like what's really going to be the hit rate on the five stars from those years. It was also the COVID year. And again, like this isn't me bashing Demore Tate. This is like me trying to, with the fan base, figure out what happened to this five star that we were excited about. And I, I, the logical answer is that it was a year where we knew that ratings were going to be flawed because kids weren't going to camps. It was a year where when he first got to college, he unfortunately wasn't able to work out with the team, wasn't able to practice with the team. Like you said, it sounds like there was an academic issue that wasn't his fault. And then he gets hurt. So it's like maybe he just hasn't had his chance yet. So that could go one of two ways. Either this is going to be his year. He's going to have a breakout season. Or it's going to be like, well, it's great to, nail, to, to bag a five-star. But, you know, uh, fortunately we have other guys at the position. The last thing I'm curious about y'all's take on, because I mentioned him at the end of the last segment, there's a lot of, like, desire, it seems like, to see Akeem Dennett safety. Where are you guys on that? Do you, do you like him at corner? Or do you want to see him pop over to safety? I think safety, he's like a lot better at that position. I think with corner, he gets you see it too often. He gets beat a lot. And I yeah. think with actually with safety, he doesn't have to think as much, and it's a lot more of a natural feel, and he's able to use that long frame. And that not, he's not super fast, but he's like super quick and very reactionary. And that's the reason why I like to like, like see him back there. I guess why, why I always say Renardo Green probably has the best natural instincts out of any DB that we have. And that can, that's more my thing. Because with corner, I feel we have to do a lot more with corner. That's why, that's why you see like, like a Jalen Ramsey or a Dion, or probably Jair Alexander, for example, too, and Sonny Samuel Jr. too. It's like they all, they're all they all able to actually a lot better be in man-to-man coverage, and, they're, and they actually have a better feel for that one-on-one sort of thing, whereas your safety, you naturally go where the scheme tells you, and it's a lot easier for you to be actually out on the field. Yeah, well, la- last, things, thing, right? la- last thing I'm going to say here is there's a couple of guys we haven't mentioned, and that's Azaria Thomas and Sam McCall, the two incoming true freshmen, who are also very highly rated. And what's going to be interesting is, if you see any, or especially a lot of the, any of the two of them this year, that means you're going to see some transfers in the offseason because people are getting pushed off the depth chart 
people that are veterans in the scheme and were probably just as highly rated as recruits, but that ship's come and gone. So yeah, good yeah, true I, freshman. I, yeah, we probably should have talked about Sam McCall, huh? But I just don't see. I mean, honestly, that's that's the depth of this room. I think you'll, I think yeah. he'll play and contribute. And I think it's like what uh, Drake, what you said about um, Julian Armella at the offensive line position yesterday. We're like, if he comes in at reserve, you're not going to be like, oh my goodness, we're screwed. I would love to see Sam McCall get some playing time, but I do think. I hope this room is a little too good for him to be like a day one starter right. because he is fresh out of mm-hmm. high school. Like I would love to see him get, I don't know, maybe a hundred snaps this year. Maybe, maybe, maybe even less, maybe like 60 or 70. Right. But and remember we're playing teams like Duquesne and we're playing Georgia tech like that. I don't mind. But yeah, if I see him out there starting against like Miami, uh, that means that either something really, really bad has happened to the room or it didn't develop like we need it to. And, and that would be worrisome. I mean, they're great backup plans, right? Like Azaria Thomas yeah. and Sam McCall. Those are kids that, like, we don't want them to start, but, like, I'm not going to, like I said yesterday, I'm not going to freak out when Kevin Knowles right. goes down or Murray Cooper goes down or Renardo Green goes down. Those are kids that I'm very stoked on, and we're stoked to have you guys here each and every single day at Locked On Seminoles. As always, you can follow me at Tally underscore underscore Drake. You can follow Max at MaxMovie17. I put Dave's Twitter handle in there, but it's really confusing, and quite honestly, he hates Twitter. I don't know but, what it is. But as always, folks, thank you guys so much for the love and support. As always, five-star reviews, either on our podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast from. And also, like the YouTube page, like the YouTube video, subscribe so you know whenever new videos drop, and ding the little bell to get notifications. With all that being said, this is Drake. That was Max. Dave, we'll see you all next time on Lock on Seminoles. Take care, everybody. I don't care if you review, just rate it. Way quicker. <laughs> <laughs>